quack, 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 quack. The Money Ducks, the show where we look back at the Disney Hockey Classic, The Money Ducks, five minutes at a time. I'm your host, Blake, and on the line, I have my special guest for the week. Hi, I'm Liz from the Mean Girls Minute. Yes, Liz, um, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. No problem. You were one of the first people in our community that jumped on, I want to be on this show, so... <laughs> I really like the Mighty du- well, the first two Mighty Ducks movies. <laughs> you know what? I feel the same way. <laughs> I, I, maybe watching the third movie when I get to it, it'll be better than I remember it. That one of things, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think I've maybe only seen that one once. Yeah, I have the DVD. I just haven't watched it in a while. So, well, let's talk about this movie. Why, why do you love the Mighty Ducks so much? Okay, well, to be fair, I saw D2 first. Fair enough. I think. And I absolutely love that movie. So I went back and watched this one, you know, when they're just spunky babies. <laughs> and um, parts of it are super cheesy, but parts of it are just really good, fun, good, clean, fun kids movie magic. Exactly. And, you know... I, I love a sports movie because they're usually really uh, inspirational. <laughs> and the Mighty Ducks doesn't disappoint. No, no, it does not. Well, you come in, and it's actually a mellow, mellow time of the movie you come in. You came in right after we had all the action of the, the fight in the locker room and the games and everything else. And now we're in mellow mode, trying to set everything up for this last part of this movie. But before we get into the actual big stuff here, the um, Ducks have to forfeit to the Flames because only Charlie and Vaulting came out to play after the big fight in the locker room. So, I, I well, yeah. can you say they came out to play if they mm-hmm. throw their helmets on the ice as soon as they get out there? <laughs> well, it was warm-ups, so yeah, there you go. No, I'll start. They, okay, yeah. they did show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I felt bad at this point, but I get the rest of the team's perspective. But it's like, okay, Charlie and Fulton. And Fulton is like the newest member of the team at this point, too. He's like, I'm just here to play hockey. I don't care about the rest of this drama. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, Fulton's like, what? Why do you guys care that the coach played for a different team when he was a kid? 
Like, come on. It's it's not that deep, guys. It's not that Just serious. Put your pads on. on it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get I get having a rivalry, but like it's not like he's you know, throwing games because he played for exactly. the hated rival when he was a kid. Oh my god. And the funny part was, as we learned a little while ago, he would have been a duck anyway, based on the current alignment of the Pee Wee system. So he would have been there on the duck anyway. So it wouldn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah, it's it's just based on and even if he wasn't it's just based on like property lines. It's not <laughs> It is, Kids. It, it is really funny how the line of this movie, and they explained it earlier, and I'm like, I'm confused. They've been complaining it. I was so very confused by how the teams are made in this movie, you know, in this world. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it does seem like uh, an odd way to split up a peewee league. It also <laughs> seems like a really terrible way to do it because you're definitely going to end up with teams like the ducks who are not like what i say disadvantaged but just compared to clearly the hawks have like everything money they all come from money and hockey's especially with hockey because it's such an expensive sport if Uh you break that up geographically obviously you're gonna have kids from lower socioeconomic tiers all playing together on the same team against the kids who come from wealthier families. Who do you like? Resources matter. And, and that was the whole point. Gordon which just was seems like to make. A, really. Oh yeah, I agree. Because that's the whole point. Gordon was making the Ducks worth earlier in the movie. You know, they need money to compete. So that's kind of what the whole point of the first half of the movie was. Really, you know, they were trying to compete. But now, they don't trust their coach. And we'll get into that in a second. Um, we cut to um, Mickey's Dining Car, which is an hysterical name for a diner. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> there is still a diner that uh, sometimes when I drive back to my old hometown, I pass on the side of the road. And it had not opened, but it looks almost just like this diner. Oh, wow. And really? I'm really sad that it's not... That someone hasn't bought it and restored it and opened it. I feel like, I feel like people would, would stop there and eat at it now. But I I know I was a big diner kid. I I um grew up in Jersey, so I'll be a regular diner. Anytime we went bowling, we went to our local diner. So I'm a diner person. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana not so much known for its diners, but this. This one's so cool looking. I, I believe it. So, we cut in, and Charlie is sitting there doing his homework, while his mom, who works here, is working. Which, I love this system. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this is pretty smart <laughs> on her part. Like, as a parent, I get this. Like You're making him do his homework, but at the same time, you're feeding him. So, really? <laughs> and you know where he is. So, it works out yeah. great for you, as a parent. <laughs> as long as you've got, like supervisory staff that's okay with it oh of course of course well yeah he's not like he's he's sitting like a patron so he's not bothering anybody he's just hanging out you know yeah he's old he's old enough that no one would care exactly 
Which makes me wonder, how old are they supposed to be in this movie? Like, I'm trying to figure this out. Are they supposed to be, like, in 8th grade or something like that? Or ninth grade? Like, like, what grade is it supposed to be 12? Okay. I don't... They're learning... Late, later in this section, they're learning pretty advanced science. I know! For... And then so, in D3, they Because that's, like, college. chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, so maybe, like, 8th grade... So they're learning like the basic chemistry because I don't, I, I don't feel like movies school logic follows regular school I logic. I agree. But by the, by three, they're still in technically in high school because yes. they go to a prep school, right? I believe that's what it is. I believe it is high school. They go to a prep school in D3. So somewhere, and I, I would guess D2 kind of takes place. A little bit after this movie, even though everyone really aged really quickly, if we go by the timeline, would <laughs> age really fast. <laughs> like, I would say that happens, like, in the break between. But, like, this is during the school year, so maybe, what, 7th, 8th grade max at this point? Yeah, so I'd say they're probably in, like, 8th grade, you know, based on their their scientific learning yeah, about they're so bonds small. and whatever. <laughs> but they're so small. About like, atoms and... It's amazing how tiny they they're, are. They're so small. <laughs> well, they're playing peewee hockey. That's why they're so small. I know. Because <laughs> Banks is a little bigger. Maybe it's because they're all mal- malnourished. Maybe. But um, we'll, we'll get into all this. First of all, we are sitting here, and Charlie wants to know about the Hawks Pass, which is fair. Totally fair. I understand his point of view. He just wants the truth. So he explains the whole thing, and I personally love the explanation from Gordon's perspective, because we've only seen it in flashback form at this point, you know? And I love right. it, I love it being explained. Like, he's talking to another player, so he, he can say it in certain terms, where it's like, all right, you'll understand what I mean. <laughs> and when he gets to the end of it all, I love the play-by-play he goes through, but then when he hits, he hits the clank to post, and Charlie's reaction, like, oh, I know... I know that feeling so well watching enough games. <laughs> yeah, his little groan. He's like, Ugh, every time I shoot the puck, that's what happens. I get it. <laughs> so, okay, this answers, this, this actually culminates a question that back at the beginning of the movie, I had Nate, Nate on from Group of Movie Minute to start this whole movie off. And we had a long conversation about why is this such a big deal? That he missed the penalty shot at the end of the third, where they're going into overtime anyway, <laughs> and it's to the point where it's so overdramatic. <laughs> Why is this such a big deal? It, it's like when people get mad at a at an NFL or a football kicker for missing a field goal at the very end of the game to what you know whatever. Yeah. Like, it's not that kicker. Like the rest of the team set that kicker up if the rest of the team had played better (laughs) the rest of the game that kicker wouldn't have been in that situation they can't carry the entire responsibility of that win or loss on their shoulders tell that to vikings fans (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to tell anything to vikings fans (laughs) oh man i just i just i just needed to take a shot at the vikings there i really did um (laughs) But, so he explains everything. He says a quarter of an inch this way, it would have gone in. And he's still, and you can tell he's been fixated on this for a very, very long time. <laughs> yeah. But, 
I, come on, man. Well, I, we, we joked about it early in the movie that it's his PTSD. Like, he, it's it's stuck in his brain. <laughs> you won't let it go. And Charlie actually looks at it from another perspective. He goes and says, but a quarter of it into the other way, you would have missed completely. Well, then. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I mean. Will, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie's like, listen, dude. I'm usually missing by like six inches the other way. So be happy <laughs> with your halfway in the goal. Especially because the next thing Charlie says, you got to play in a championship game, which is so important to note here. Like you're, compl- you're <laughs> complaining about losing a championship game. <laughs> like... Right. He's like, I've never even won a game. Oh and you're going to come at me with your, with your championship game almost was. Exactly. Get out of here! Oh man, so that that's that's it's a funny perspective coming from Charlie's point of view. It's like um, we have a tie in our history, a tie. We haven't won a game yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So Charlie's mom pops up, and the continuous flirting between Charlie's mom and Gordon continues. Uh, she's a very fine woman with many qualities. <laughs> or she's a <laughs> She's got many fine qualities that men find attractive. And I would just like everyone to know that Charlie's mom and I have that in common. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, however, do not work at a diner. <laughs> My job is less cool. I, I just love his line. line is fantastic. Why is he trying to help Gordon hook up with his mom? Like, Why is he like trying to pimp his mom out like that? I that's it's amazing to I me. I mean, I get it's supposed to make him it sets him up as like a really sensitive, nice kid. He's worried about his mom being happy. Yeah. He knows that he knows that she's a great person and that she works really hard to support him and he feels a little guilty because ding dong dudes will, you know, turn and run when they see him. And while he really knows it's not his fault, he still feels a little bit responsible. So he has to, you know, when he finds this adult male who doesn't seem scared of kids, he's like, well, this is her chance. So I really got to, you know, lay the groundwork here, make this happen. It's true. It's so true. By the way, I I, I'm in, I have it on the screen here. When when Charlie does the whole warp speed conversation thing, hysterical moment, there's an old guy sitting behind them. That jumps over, like, what are they talking about? And he starts laughing to himself because of the how animated Charlie is in this conversation. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, the guy in the yellow and gold behind him? Yes. <laughs> really into what Charlie has to say. He really was. And, and then when Charlie leaves, he's like, oh, what did he say to that kid? <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into all that in a minute. So... He, he asked, Charlie is still asking if he come over for dinner, which I do love the fact that he continues that from earlier in the movie. But this is the part where Gordon breaks it to him that he's going to put Terry and Jesse's dad in charge of the team. Charlie doesn't take this well. <laughs> At all. As a kid who was coached by dads of teammates for years, I gotta say I'm with Charlie on this one. They don't make great coaches all the time. <laughs> I don't want to be coached by a teammate's dad. A valid point. A very valid point. I've never <laughs> had that problem. I've always had the actual, I played football for four years and I had like 
the regular coaching system, like the generational coaches in my hometown. So, <laughs> well, this is in like middle school when you know, because I okay. Well, let's be real. I also played girls basketball, so we're not really getting the coaches that my school wanted to pay it. I also went to a small Catholic school, so there's like the deck is real stacked against me here. They don't want to pay a ton to get real coaches when they can get some dads to do it. I'm pretty sure almost on a volunteer basis. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense now. Okay. I gotcha. I mean, who, like, my volleyball coach, coaches were, like, college students. So, it's like, I, I mean, I, I yeah. No, I getcha. <laughs> I was well, coached son, by a lot of dads. My son's um, soccer coach when he has an ob- obligation, which I find hysterical, that they have eight games during the season, but for two of them last season, he had other obligations. I don't know how that happened. But anyway, when he had other obligations, we had parents <laughs> coaching the team. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> no way this is going to go well. <laughs> At one point, I think my brother was the assistant coach for Jeez. my nephew's traveling soccer team. But just, like, they had a real coach but like my brother assistant coach for some because just because he had a flexible work schedule and he liked it fair enough so i'm not gonna i've been bringing this up this entire movie i can't not bring this up here a very young josh jackson acting the hell out of this scene like oh yeah (laughs) amazing but i'm not gonna lie it's a, a little distracting because his hair looks like a mushroom cap. <laughs> I'm, having, I'm having a little a little trouble. But he, yeah, he really uh, embodies Charlie here. Yeah. I, just, I, I love Josh Just Jackson. Charlie Justice. Yeah, I love Josh Jackson in general, but in this scene, this is his best scene of the movie. He's he's crying. Like, he's actually crying. And it, he, like, turns it on, like, out of nowhere. But like and like real crying, he doesn't go from zero to sobbing. It he like the tears well up, his eyes get red ringed. Yeah, it's it's well done, it's so well done. <laughs> but he makes a valid point when he's talking to Gordon. He says, "You can't walk out of the ducks. We're your team," which is so true. It's such a true statement. Yeah, he's not night. wrong. No, he's not. Because as he said, we weren't even the ducks till you came along. You made us, and now you're stuck with us. It's so Deal true. With it. Yeah, true. It was like you could end that with bitch at that point, but it's not that movie. You know, it's not that movie. <laughs> if this was nowadays, that's exactly how this scene would end. You know. <laughs> and he put on his shades and roll out exactly but yeah now, by the way i do see the guy in the red and the yellow and black hat in the back of the look like what just happened like, what just... <laughs> what'd you do to that kid he was telling a good story <laughs> he's here all the time who are you like what's going on how did you chase him away <laughs> and he left his math book well his mom is his there so his mom's there so it works out <laughs> that's yeah true she can bring it home later exactly. although I mean, after working a shift at the diner, having to carry that heavy textbook home, that seems unfair. True. Okay, so let's cut to the class. Let's cut to the class. I, I love this scene. This is, this is why I, I, yeah, this is, this is what I asked 
for this section four. Yeah, this, this whole scene's amazing. When we start with our teacher here talking about talking about molecule balls, which is so, I get this is a kids movie, and I crack up at the fact they made a blue balls joke. I just think it's so funny. Oh, and then followed up, followed immediately thereafter by this makes up ninety percent of our bodies, and the answer is pizza. pizza? But also, that nothing makes, I think he meant 70%, and he was, because he's holding a water molecule, water is not 90% of our body. No, it's not. 70%. Yeah. <laughs> Factual inaccuracy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I See, I've never fully, like, did good in chemistry, so a lot of this stuff is kind of like, Okay, I'm going to assume you know what you're talking about. But even I know that's not right. That's not accurate. <laughs> Literally, I, like, if it was any other molecule, I would be way less confident. But that is one hydrogen and two oxygen atoms. I know that's, I know that's water. <laughs> that's funny. So he says, he says to, um, when the, I actually wanted to look it up, but the next one was. Okay, here we go. He, the principal locks the door, and he says to them, he's going to go do, talk to her in the hall, and he says, look up H2CO3. It's a goodie. <laughs> <laughs> Which, for, for those who don't know what that is, it's actually carbonic acid. Acid. Oh, okay. cool. Sure. There you go. <laughs> Why not? Uh, but yeah, the only other, only other thing I remember from chemistry is uh glucose oh yeah c6h12o6 that's important dude that's an important one to know you know <laughs> i well it played a huge role in like it was in like every equation we had to solve for like three weeks or something i don't know um yeah high school chemistry there you go thanks another, mr kretzmeyer another question about how old they are he he's so excited to teach them this stuff he's so like over the top like <laughs> it's so ridiculous how over the top he is when it comes to this class um i feel like a lot of my science teachers were that way though okay, like enough. i feel like a lot of the people who teach science are just giant nerds for science they just love science so it, they're just always giddy about it they're pretty much like the cast of big bang theory at this point i mean but a little less like cynical okay you go. okay it works for me <laughs> oh man so he heads out and we cut now we get to carp talking to talking to Charlie one more spazway line why not I'd love how sure. like over the top it was like how was the forfeit did you and Peter's like did you score <laughs> well as if it would be easy like if they had played like it would be easier for Charlie to score with fewer teammates I get the implication that the only way he gets playing time is if the rest of them aren't there but <laughs> still not logical. I understand where they're going with this, but it's like wow. And, and I mean, it's credit, kid logic. It's kid logic. But Charlie's to Charlie's credit, the, what's the one thing you always get told in school? 
you try to deflect and move on. You don't want to start a fight in class. You just don't want to do that. And it's like Charlie's here oh, is doing okay. exactly <laughs> that. To his credit. He's trying. Until Carp brings up his mom. And that was the last straw. <laughs> yeah, you just don't bring up somebody's mom like that. No. So then Connie tries to get in between and Peter pushes Connie and then here we go. <laughs> now, I have a question. I understand why they got into it. Why did everyone else just start throwing stuff? Like, it makes no sense. Because if you get the opportunity to throw stuff when you know you're unlikely to be the one that gets in trouble for it, you're probably going to throw stuff. True. Like, they know that when the teacher comes back in, it's going to get super blamed on the not of kids in the middle because, you know, they're going to be the ones up. So, you know, why not throw your stuff and blame it on them? True. And then you have the Throwing one stuff girl. is fun. There's one girl that's just sitting there just playing with the molecules at her desk. Not ignoring everything going on behind her. Like, nothing's happening. She's really trying to figure out those bonds. <laughs> she's in her own little world over here. It's hysterical because there's, there's this fight going on behind her. And she's just sitting there <laughs> ignoring it all. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that she's the, you know how every movie about a school has to have like the nerdy girl who just, you know, studies while there's a food fight going on around her in the right. cafeteria. That's true. That's very, very true, actually. I think they did that in High School Musical, too. I think they did something like that in that movie. Like, it's so I'm sure they did. <sighs> so, teacher runs in, and I love the fact that his first thought is, my, 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 my molecules! <laughs> my <laughs> atoms! Amazing! Amazing! That's his first thought. Not to fight. He's more worried about the atoms on the floor. <laughs> like, <of course. laughs> That's the science nerd in him. He's more worried about his stuff. Yeah. It doesn't help, but the principal is right behind seeing everything. So maybe he's just like, well, she's here too, so she can deal with them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but she's amazing. Yeah, the she can deal with the monsters. I gotta get my atoms. Yeah, she's amazing, though. She is so great in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she is just, was she in like 17 movies as the principal in the early so. 90s? I, I just so. feel like she was. And I love the whole moment here because they all sit down like nothing happened and Charlie doesn't have a chair. <laughs> and he's just like, oops, okie dokie. <laughs> oh man, it's hysterical because Charlie's just sitting there like, uh, where do I go? Okay, I'll just lean on this desk. And <laughs> he's like, I'm just going to be charming and see if that works. And in a few years, it might have. It will. It will down the road. <laughs> oh, man. So he stands there, and then she just, what do you have to say? I never in my life, like, what else goes on at the school? That That's her reaction. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. When I was, maybe in high school, not in middle school where these kids, I think, are. But, like, in high school, there was fights going on all the damn time. Like, all the time! Like, this kind of stuff happened everywhere all the time. So it was not weird to us. So I'm not sure how this school goes, but this is this is big to her. Really? There were fights in your school all the time? You'd be, you'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised! <laughs> there was one it time... Was a, it was kind of a big deal, like, when that... Well, no, I guess there was a fight at least once a week. Yeah, I mean... There, there was a many a time 
where you know, and I'm not, I don't want to sound racist when I say this, but this is the truth of what happened. There was, anytime you see two black girls yelling at each other, you know something's going to happen. You just knew. Like, you knew it was mm-hmm. going to lead to something. Or someone's hair is going to be flown across the hall. Or something is going to happen. Like, it happened so many times. It became a gag. But the worst one ever, I was, we had a TV studio upstairs, up on the second floor. And I was upstairs in the TV studio, hanging out like you do. And um, I was going to be hearing a ruckus in the hallway. So a bunch of us run into the hallway. Somebody has thrown a table, a table and chair from the science lab into the hallway. <laughs> what? Yes! What kind of crazy <laughs> school did you go to? My local high school. This is my local <laughs> high school. <laughs> and the most hysterical part about this, we had two security guards. The problem was they were both downstairs on the first floor. So the, the one skinny is one the big guy. Of course, the big guy who we called Mario because he ran like Mario in Super Mario Brothers, like the, exactly like he did in the, in the game. He ran up, he's runs up the stairs, and he's passing us. But he's out of breath because he's nowhere near his shape to be running. And he's passing us while these three kids pour onto the hallway or having a big fight in the hallway. I'm like, what is going on today? Like, what's happening? This happened. So. We had off-duty police officers as our security guards. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, man. So, yeah, that kind of stuff happened in my school all the time. So, go figure. Maybe it's just a local town, you know. <laughs> So anyway, like you said, Charlie's trying to be charming. I just just pulled out his face like, I don't know what to say. I'm just going to sit here with my arms crossed. (laughs) Sometimes that's all you got to do. I know, especially when you are Charlie or young Josh Jackson. By the way, I love, I just look, I just see Goldberg. Goldberg sitting there right behind him trying not to crack up laughing as well. (laughs) He's trying so hard. Because Charlie's sitting on his desk and he's trying not to laugh at him. (laughs) It's really funny. So, she asks him, she asks the class, what do you, what have you got to say for yourselves? And Peter says, oh. quack. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay. I, uh, they're not, uh, none of these kids currently believes they are a duck. <laughs> Except for Charlie. Right? So, what Charlie. right do you have to quack? I have no idea. You are not a duck. You have quit the ducks. But the best part is she's so confused. She's so confused by the quacking. She has no idea what's going on. Well, sure. She doesn't know how to respond to that. She was ready for like a smart aleck remark, but not quacking. Not a bunch of kids quacking at her, which is a hysterical moment. And every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Like it's so stupid that it's funny every single time. It is, yeah. It's a, it's a good moment. So, and it, it goes back to my logic earlier in the movie that sometimes you just have to let the kids be kids, and this is one of those kids be kids moments. You know, they, it's like this is the first thing that came to mind. Okay, let's do it, and everyone went with it, and it was very, very funny. Yeah, it works. So then we cut to Duckworth office, which we haven't been in in a while, since actually since he actually funded the team. We haven't been here since then. And Gordon's here to talk, and is it the point where I, I... 
you're, I'm still laughing about the quacking the first time I saw the movie. I missed like this the beginning of this conversation where it's like he's talking about how his community service is over. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah, technically you're not the coach anymore, are you? Then, like at this point, which I mean, but it's also kind of a, it's it's kind of a cruel move because it makes it leads Gordon to believe that he's coming here to be offered his job back at the firm, which is fair on his part. You know, right? I think that like that's a totally fair assumption to have his old have his boss call him in and be like, "Hey, your community service is up. That's cool." And then, yeah, like a bucket of cold icy Gatorade dumped over the head of a winning coach, (laughs) Ducksworth steers him to the back corner of his office. Where the enemy sits. Yes. But, uh, by the way, I do love With the... a big smarmy grin on his face. I know. Coach Riley is amazing. He's absolutely amazing. He, he's the kind of villain where it's like, he's, it's the worst because you're like, he's a normal dude. He just, you know, he doesn't seem inherently evil, but he's a bad dude. That and he's the worst kind of villain because in his world, there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. Like nothing. Like his, he's the hero in his right. story, and that's the worst kind of villain because you can't fight that. You know. Yeah, exactly. You cannot reason with someone who believes that what they are doing is for the best. Exactly, and that's the whole thing here. So you must, you must take them down. The old-fashioned way. You can't like you. You can't do what you do with everybody else. You. He couldn't use his lawyer tricks to get out of this one. You know, he couldn't do it. He tried, but he didn't do it. But we find out. Yeah. That apparently, Phil, which I guess is um, Mr. Banks, is friends with Ducksworth. Apparently. Sure. Sure. Let's go with it. It's a small. It's a small town. I'll totally go with this because it is a small town in Minnesota. So I'll. I'll, I'll... All of the wealthy people know each other. Yeah. I'll let this fly. You know, but apparently what happened here is that Adam wants to play, wants to stay on the Hawks. His um, oldest brother, older brother of the Hawk. His friends are Hawks. It's where he belongs. And Coach Riley, to the point we just made, he says, it's a tradition. You understand that, Gordon, you played. Like, it's it's true. He has a point. <laughs> but also, like, duh, of course Adam wants to continue playing for the Hawks because the Hawks have resources and they win and it doesn't feel good to lose it feels good to win and they're undefeated and, they're undefeated so there you go yeah and too. he has helped get them to where they are right now it does seem a little weird that they would make him switch teams mid-season well, it feels like the league would be like all right we're halfway through the season we're not going to make you switch now next year you've you're going to have to be a duck, though. But to Gordon, but Gordon's point has been this whole time, he should have been on the team to begin with, which I understand. You know, he should have been here. Yeah. They they changed the lines, and Coach Riley probably knew this, but he's like, well, no one's going to fight me on it, so what does it matter? You know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, all right, this isn't the NFL. There's not, like, any financial – like, there's nothing financial writing on this. These are kids, so I mean, 
maybe let's not disrupt his. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's the people get too deep into children's athletics. Is I, what I'm saying. I feel like this, and then the next minute, and I'm going to go into somebody else. Make that point very clear. There's a bunch of adults arguing over kids' game. That's pretty much going on here. Like, <laughs> like passing bribes and like, yeah, they're getting in way too deep. It's it's ridiculous. But this is this is a bunch of this is a bunch of men who have not left their childhoods behind, and they have to live vicariously through these kids and their successes. I think the only like real adult here is Duckworth because he owns the building and he owns the law firm and he's himself. But the rest of these guys are all like hawks. It's weird. It's weird how this works, you know. They all identify with a peewee hockey team. <laughs> like their own personal identities are caught up in this peewee hockey team. Gordon, you went to law school. That you have a professional degree. Get it? Like, you are more than your missed goal. Get it together, man. Very true. It's very, very true. Charlie's mom can do better than you. <laughs> you don't deserve Charlie's mom. I almost can't even Whose name I don't remember. I, you know, it's funny. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Have, I still know. She doesn't have a name in this movie. She doesn't have a name in this movie <laughs> <She> at all. <laughs> She does on IMDb. I saw it. I just don't remember what it was. No, no. The, the key is, though, she's not named uh, anything in this movie. Her name comes up in the second movie. <laughs> Which oh, I thought was pretty okay. funny. I thought that was pretty funny. She's never named in this movie. <laughs> so we end everything saying, we talked to the league. We worked out a little deal. What? <laughs> Wait, what? 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 Why? What? What? The, what? What is this supposed to solve? We're gonna <laughs> give up money. It's ridiculous. It really is. But that's where we end our minutes. And I mean, it does. It does teach the kids a great rule of life that the people with money can get away with whatever they want because they can just buy their way out of a lot of things. Oh. Unless you're smart enough to outsmart them, which Gordon is. But we'll get to that. Well, true. Yes. We'll get to that next week. The true right. moral of the story is brains are more important. Hey, it's true. Actually, sometimes you might be right about that. Well, next week, I'm going to have Tracy from the Brain Naked ABCs. He's going to be coming on, and he'll be continuing on with this scene. And he's looking forward to coming on. I'm looking forward to having him come on. He's the second person from that show to come on this show. So there you go. <laughs> So, um, Liz, while we finish up here, where can people find you and find your work? Well, I did a little podcast called Mean Girls Minute where we covered all 96 minutes of the movie Mean Girls minute by minute. And that's all wrapped up now. And I have not started on my next venture yet. It's in the works, but it's still kind of secret. So follow Mean Girls Minute on Twitter or the Mean Girls Minute page on facebook to stay up to date on what comes next out of my little crazy brain fair enough fair enough and for all those listening um this is part of the children's voice podcast network you can hear me every single friday right after this show on the blake and sal show and um we're in the middle of con season and a lot of stuff's going on over there so we got a bunch of conventions we're going to so go over there and listen to us at conventions we're having fun we have a lot of fun over there 
And that'll be all we have from here. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find us everywhere you can find this show on Podcast Land. Liz, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. No problem. I always look forward to having you on. It's fun. Well, I can't wait for D2. Yes. I, I, I made very clear to people that is my favorite movie of the trilogy. Like, not even close. It's my favorite one. <laughs> I mean, it's the best one. So. It really is. <laughs> it's got the knuckle puck. Oh, man. There's so many things in that movie that I love, and I can't wait to talk about it next year. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that being said, thank you all for listening to the show, and thank you, Liz, again for coming on the show. Till next week. Have a good day, everybody. And when everyone says it can't be done, ducks fly together.